Yes, people, it's episode 314. Griff's brain dump is me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? It is um, late. This pod's pod is very late. It's Tuesday. Um, it's late because I've been going to sleep and things like that. I've been going to sleep at like 1 a.m., you know, already with other stuff to do. So to try to fit the pod in, it's just, it hasn't been possible. It hasn't been feasible. And um, like I said, I need to sleep. I need to sleep. And you look. You can blame Stavros. Yep, you can blame Stav from ESM Podcasts for the pod coming out late because he said, get some sleep. <laughs> and do you know what? He's right. So I, I heeded, his, uh, heeded his, his advice and I've just been going to sleep instead, people. But it is Tuesday. I will get, I have to get the pod out at some point this week, right? I think it gets to about... Wednesday. Wednesday's the latest it can go out, otherwise it's just it's, there's no pod that week. And I've only done that I think once. I think once I've done it since twenty seventeen. Isn't too bad. Yeah, the pod's like almost six years old. Almost six years old this pod. That is crazy. I've been doing this pod for six years, talking to myself and occasionally to other people. But, you know, thanks for listening all this time. Anyway, how's your week been? How you doing? Are you well? What's been going on? What's been going on in my life? Uh, well, on Sunday. Oh, actually, wait. Here's a big update. Exchanged. We've exchanged on the house. We've exchanged on the house. So that's what's happened um, since the last spoke to you guys. We've exchanged in the house, which is great. Um, so we'll be completing later on in March, wait for the sun, wait for the boy to get here and then we'll move. But, um, on Sunday, we went to get some measurements done at the cafeteria and that was fun. That was fun. Uh, measurements done. Then walking down a little road and then we notice, um, <laughs> we noticed a stable, a stable, oh, stable. That's nice. Doing some, mm. So do you think they belong to to our friends, the friends with the caravans? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Our friends with the caravans, um, which they may do. Look, I have nothing against that group of people. Like I said, I in fact tend to get on very well with that group of people. Um, but yeah, if they have stables there, then. That probably means that they're quite static. The people... <laughs> Listen, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm digging myself into a hole for no reason. I mean, there's, I could just stop talking about it. But yeah, what the point is, is the irony that us leaving here, the current house where, um, you know, the ethnic group sometimes have some meetings on the roundabout next to our house... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we've moved right next to them instead. It's funny. It's funny. But either way, did some measurements and then we went for a little walk in the park. And then Naomi was like, hey, why don't we go get something to eat while we're out? I was like, we are out. Let's go get something to eat. So we went to Nando's. And the thing about my daughter is she is actually quite a fun person to have at a restaurant. If she's got food she likes and she's hungry, which she was. She was hungry and she ate her chicken. And she ate her chicken. Went Nando's. Did I say Nando's? I think I did. She ate a chicken. She ate a chips. Um, she wanted a smoothie. And she was having a great time. She's having a great time. And then she finished eating. And then she's like, right up. 
up this is how she operates the moment she's done eating up what yeah up I'm, I'm done now I'm done ready ready to go ready to go I know you guys are sitting now still eating but nope I'm done let's go and um yeah having to deal with that but look it was fine then we took her to soft play well not soft play it's like um in the middle of the shopping center we've got this it's not soft play what's it called what's it called it's like um you know you know what i'm talking about obstacle course kind of thing with little tunnels you crawl through and you've got the slides and and the nets and the stairs and you know what i'm talking about what is it called what are these things called it's called um ah oh, god damn what is this well, let me find out what these things are called it's gonna bug me that I can't think what it's called. Uh, so that's the shopping center. Won't name it because uh, not everyone needs to know where I live. And get wild. So get wild. Pre-book on those. Say what the figures. Best indoor adventure playground. It's an adventure playground. There you go. That isn't the word that was in my head. I was never getting that. Has an assortment of slides, tunnels, rope walks climbing frames and much much more so Naomi was like right let's take her and she's like, so you're gonna crawl through these things with her and I was like no it's like why not she's like you don't seem keen I was like um I just won't be able to fit in those things and she's like well I'll just do it and I'm like no you can't you're 38 weeks pregnant and then she's just gone Zadie's climbed up the steps in this little tree and then I just see Naomi for a pregnant self to slowly disappearing into the tree. And I'm like, okay. In my head thinking, they're going to come just back out of where they've come in in a few minutes. And I didn't see them for what felt like forever. Because I'm now running around. Running around this uh, this adventure playground. I'm around the outside. Keeping an eye on the coats and the bags with one eye. But the other eye trying to look through this adventure playground for them. And in my head thinking, oh my god. What if Naomi goes into labour in the playground? <laughs> I don't think this goes, uh, this be a crazy story. Um, I don't want it to happen though, because I don't know who I need to go to first. I guess I'll go to Zadie first, strap her into the push chair, and then go in there and try to recover, uh, recover Naomi. It'd be crazy. But uh, but they came out for some other end, and I was like, oh, there you are. And but yeah, and then um, obviously Zadie got a taste for the playground, so she went in again. I can't send my pregnant wife through this thing again. And then his dad came sliding out of the tunnel after out of the tree after me saying I'm too big to go up there. So she's like, "See, you're not too big." I'm like, "I'm so not flexible." And she goes, "Oh yeah," and then you just get sporadic cramps and stuff. I was like, "Yeah, I do." She goes, "Well, don't cramp up." Because as she said that, Zadie has just bolted up this tree. I'm like, right. So I'm now running after my child. She's like I said, she's 19 months. She's not that fast. Um, if it was me versus her in on the road, in the house, you know, it's an even race. And I'm, I'm dominating her. But in this adventure playground, this is home advantage. This is, <laughs> this is her domain. Because for every tunnel that she can just sprint through like not even crawl she can literally run through the tunnel i'm having to do some kind of military crawl 
on my stomach. Now, what you got to understand, people, is I didn't play football this Sunday because I've got bruised ribs and I'm having to kind of do this army crawl through these tunnels, across these nets, through these gaps. There's one tunnel she went through which I thought was a slide and she went running at it and I panicked and instead of going through the middle of this net thing, I tried to go around the side of it, getting all caught in it. I must have looked crazy and <laughs> I managed to grab her ankle as she's about to go through. And as I grabbed her ankle and looked through what I thought was the slide and just seeing it was just a, literally a one foot tunnel. There's a little bridge. And I was like, oh, she's looking at me like, what, what's going on? <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. I can't lie. It was fun to crawl through there. But she's just so quick. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't the space for me. But yeah, didn't help the rib recovery at all. At all, man. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we did. What else did we do that week? Went up to Leicester for work in progress show. That was brilliant to do that. There was uh, like 30 people there, which I know doesn't sound like big numbers to some of you, but to me, that's a huge amount of people um, for a work in progress show where people don't know me at all you gotta understand that the show i did in camden camden fringe where i promoted it for 12 weeks um it was three nights but i had like 45 people in that room each night you know so that gives you the kind of numbers in the room and i'm i'm no one in leicester so it's cool leicester festival attracts people out just to take a punt i think i sold 10 tickets 12 tickets before then this many people came after man and i appreciated it really appreciated it so yeah that's cool and then now i'm on the break on a six week break six weeks which is a crazy amount of time in that time i should have acquired a son a new home um yeah maybe a new haircut <laughs> a new haircut yeah i have a summer trip which is uh just need to get rid of his beard, take it down a bit, shave the hair off a bit, you know? Have a summertime look. Yeah, that's what we've been, but yeah, that's what we've been doing. I guess in terms of Edinburgh, what I've been doing, we've been talking to PR uh, agents. Um, my agents been talking to producers. And yeah, I think we've got a venue pretty much locked in, which is good. Um, I think we've agreed which PR team we're going to go with. We need to get the producer locked in, and once that, that's the that's the components done. Venue, the PR, producers. Those are the three things need locked in. I'm not really sure if we're going to need a director. I don't think I need a director. I think I know what I need to do with the shows, and if I need a director. So, although I'm going to change a bit of the show about. I'm going to try that. I'm going to let you into a little bit of how the cake is made. You see my show Inconceivable, obviously about my IVF journey and stuff. Obviously, you guys listen to the pod, you know my life. When I've been doing the show previously, I haven't actually told people that I have kids at the beginning of the show. I just tell the story, then at the end it's bang, hey, you got kids. Um, but what I've realised, what I suspect, after speaking to someone at Leicester, who's watched it go yeah no like it's a really compelling story you just wanted to see but such a happy ending and then I was like yeah and then um I go yeah but I feel like people really just listen and really respect the story almost so much that they don't laugh 
And then she was like, yeah, it's maybe just like, they're just so locked into the story thinking, oh no, how's it going to end? And then she just kind of said it in passing, yeah, like, you know, like maybe if they just knew that your you know, kid's fine, then that might, you know, that might change it. I was like, bing, in my head, just light bulb moment that any time I've done a club set and I spoke about IVF and whatever, it's, I've, it's always followed me talking about being a parent. I've always I've done a little bit about being a parent that makes people laugh and then I say about how becoming a parent wasn't straightforward and then I think that puts people in the mind frame that hey he's got the happy ending he's normal like us um let's hear let's hear this interesting story whereas how I've been presenting it is this is an interesting story that's really tense no one knows how it ends um I'm talking about some dark moments and people must be thinking shit is this is this going to end badly whereas maybe if i just let people know from the beginning pow happy endings but let's go back into it then maybe they'll just relax and be like yeah we're, we're all laughing together because we all know it's a happy ending and i think that's what i'm gonna do next time and my next show is the 30th of march at top secret and i need to update my website to put that ticket link on because it's now live it's live so yeah we're good few shows when i come back um like work in progress shows all booked in let's have a look let's have a quick look at the calendar anyone's listening who hasn't been yet i know but i need to get to birmingham somehow let me speak to my agent about that but yeah 30th of march is is uh, top secret that's at six o'clock on a thursday then i'm at carolina brunswick in brighton the next thursday and then there's no work in progress shows that week then after that i'm at the comedy store the week that weekend then back in to north down in april yeah it's good looking good corby in may london again top secret it's gonna need to book a few more in may then at north down again um oh june is looking a bit sparse north down and then worthing yeah so we need to get some more in june and more in uh i don't really need more in may maybe one more in may we'll see anyway anywho that's what's been going on there now what's been going on in the world um i know that biden's over in ukraine being uninspiring and talking slowly and talking i think talking us into a war <laughs> you know what i mean this is it's just slowly been escalated and um, i'm just i'm i'm not com- i'm not comfortable with it um you know i feel like what's happened here is ukraine versus russia russia was meant to wipe ukraine off the map you know just just what we knew from the militaries from the outside I mean, Ukraine was getting professional boxers and people all coming back. And it all felt like a team effort. Everyone's just chipping in against the super military force of Russia, the only people that could challenge America. That's what it, that's what it felt like. So it's just like it's this Eastern European Americans going to just batter them. It wasn't going to be as bad as USA versus Grenada. If you didn't know, that was a thing. That happened back in, I think, the 70s. The USA went to war with Grenada. Yes, Grenada. Never forget that. (laughs) 
I'm not even Grenadan, but I'm just like, that is, that is horrendous. That's like watching a year 11 beat up a year four. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Whatever Grenada did, surely war isn't the answer. You know how, how cruddy you have to be as a country? as the US to fight Grenada like it'd be even out of order if Jamaica fought Grenada in a war but that's what it felt like was going to happen US with uh, Russia and Ukraine then um, then Ukraine didn't get battered and annihilated then uh, Ukraine looked like they were actually winning some skirmishes and some battles and then we're hearing that actually Russia doesn't really have the soldiers that we thought they had and they don't really have the, you know, the machinery we thought they had. And there's a lot of conscription. And it's like, well, are they actually the force they are? Are they really as bad as we thought they were? And then you, once that started coming out, you started noticing where countries like, we're with you, we have solidarity with the Ukraine, to then, well, no, we can't put weapons there because we don't, we don't, we're not involved. We're just saying, hey, chin up, Ukraine. And then a few months later, after Russia doesn't look so tough, people are like, oh, I mean, we're not sending troops there, but we're giving you some intelligence. Hey, we're gonna, maybe you can have some training. And then he went from training to, hey, do you want some, want some weapons? Use some weapons. Here's some tanks. Here's some missiles. Do you want, you want those? You want these weapons? Do you want some guns? Hey, kind of these. Hey, but we're not involved. Still not involved. And there's like more training. Want some training? Cool. But hey, we ain't got any boots on the ground though. Not us. Not us. And now we've got world leaders from these countries now landing in Kiev. And it's like, okay. That feels like a precursor to, to some NATO boots on the ground. <laughs> Listen, with my selfish Western perspective, if a war does fully kick off, please let it just stay over there. You know, like the war in Syria, like the war in Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, I feel bad for these people, but please, can we just keep the destruction over there? I just, just, just bought a house. You know, <laughs> it's selfish, I know, but I know. We just, I just don't need it. And uh, yeah, that's what I think about that war. And what else is going on? Nicola Bully, she's been found. Um, obviously, there's nothing funny in her story. Um, obviously, the press have been acting vulturous about this. You know, the family asked for privacy, and it, you know, naturally, they asked privacy. And I think it's ITV and Sky News rang them and asked for comments. Like it, it, it hasn't been handled in the most sensitive way to the point of some conspiracy theories have come out. I've definitely been one of the people with conspiracy theories, even the body being found. I'm like, hmm, but did she drown though? Was the body just dumped there? You know, that's me saying that as a jackass who has no real broadcasting reach with my silly opinions. Um, I've got no expertise, so there's no real clout to anything I say. And that's me saying that. You know, I still think someone in the police or someone at the caravan park called Keith was involved. That's me. 
you know, once the river's been scanned, just dump it now. Cool. That's me saying that. I'm no one. But then when the guy did the river inspections, says, listen, all I'm saying is, when I scanned that part of the river, I didn't see her. Granted, that my technology only scans river beds. No one in my team saw anybody. I'm not saying it's been dumped there. I'm not saying that'd be a good deposition spot, the reeds. That's what he, he, he keeps saying. Like, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm not saying that could be something that could happen. I'm just saying it wasn't there when I looked. But I'm not saying someone's put it there. I'm just saying it wasn't there when I looked. That'd be a good place to put a body. And what's made me laugh about this guy? I think his name is... Uh, What's his name? I can't remember the guy's name. Fielding? Neil Field? No, it's not Neil Fielding. What's the guy's name? Let's just put Diver. Diver Nicola Bully. See, he came up straight away. His name is Peter Fielding. This guy went from nervous talking in a high-vis jacket. So next time I see this guy, this guy's wearing purple Rolnecks. And blazers looking swagalicious. Man's just like, yeah, so I was like, bruv, this is not your moment. Like he's talking so much. Like I just don't get uh I just don't get why this guy's talking so much. But it's crazy. But look, the family after like, it's a feel bad for me, it's a tragic thing and Imagine these kids having to grow up, seeing that the press was accusing their dad of being involved. Everyone's like, he's still weird. He's still weird. The dad's still weird. The husband's still weird. Is that... Look, not everyone's TV trade. I imagine I would come over terribly on TV if Naomi went missing. You know what I mean? Because I was just trying to keep it together for my family. And that, so when they interview me, it's like, oh, and how's it been? But yeah, it's been tough. It'd be just a straight face. Yeah, it's tough. You know, like when the team's just lost 4-0 to a rival. I was like, yeah, it weren't a good performance. It weren't, weren't good. It weren't good enough. You know that they're fuming. They're going to kick the shit out of their dressing room. But while they're in front of the camera, they're giving them, it's not good enough. But, you know, got to pick them up, get ready for the next game. That'd be me if I was on the news. If no one went missing for a few days. Like, oh, how do you feel? Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's been tough, but you know, um, just gonna hope she comes back. Just keep hoping she comes back and just um, just carry on, just carry on, and, and, until we until we get any news, we got to just hope it's good news. And people will be like, oh, he just he just seems so cold. He just seems so clinical. How's he like that? He's involved. Is that like, no? That's just how I was coping with it in that moment. There'll be other husbands on there, other spouses. Just crying down the carol, come home, please come home. Wherever you are, please come home. They give it all of that. People are like, yeah, no, they're, no, they're, oh, it was heartbreaking how they were behaving. We can't dictate how people deal with these things, these novel, very individual situations. You know, we can't, can't dictate it. But it's crazy. It is crazy. What else going on? What else? Uh, Rihanna, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky destroying male, black male. Masculinity, ASAP Rocky, mate. The amount of think pieces I've seen from these alpha males upset about this magazine cover, this women's magazine cover, has been 
crazy. I mean, it's, to be fair, it's been the usual suspects. It's, it's, not, it's not been anyone new. It's not been anyone that I haven't suspected. No one's shocked me. It's, it's just the same guys. It's the same guys, man. And it, it, it's crazy that it's like this. Some guys are so locked in to describing the narrative that other people follow that they end up following the narrative themselves. Like, you can almost predict the argument. That's why I think someone's... That's when someone's ideological. Even though they're online talking about other people being ideologues. It's like... I can see a subject and I can see that person's name, comment. I'm like, I can almost tell you before reading what they're going to say. Not to the point of I know what their opinion would be. Generally, I actually know what points they're going to make. And you read it and like, lo and behold, there it is. And look, I'm not saying it's just that side, it's the other side as well. The funny thing is, I've got a few people on my face before I like in general when you're not talking about those topics or certain topics come. There's some women on there who is just going to be just the rah rah woman club. No matter what's happened, rah rah woman club. And there'd be other stuff that happened, and it's the rah rah man club. And they're just there going, yeah. He's like, come on, guys. Like, can't you just take a step back from yourself and just see you just a... Uh, so predictive. So predictable. No, it's a bit rubbish. It's a bit rubbish to me. Um, but yeah. But I don't think Rihanna's emasculated a man. I don't think anyone's actually accused of. They've accused Vogue magazine of emasculating men and supporting the emasculation, emasculation of men. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys. The guys who are worried, here's what you need to do as men. Stop reading Vogue magazine. There you go. Then that messaging might get to you as a man. And then tell your boys, stop reading Vogue magazine. Tell your sons, don't read it. And then the message might get to you, you know? How about that? How about that? Simple solution. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, so if you've got anything else, I bought, oh, I bought the Jamaica home shirt this week as well. That was nice. What Naomi did, Naomi told me that I need to treat myself and buy myself this shirt. So she got me a present through ideas, really. <laughs> um, and then what else have I done? Oh, here's one. Here's a random one. So I was with Zadie. Um, collect, I think I was collecting my shirt from the post office and this man stops me well walks beside me because one thing I know is that from my time of being a charity mugger um, is if someone doesn't stop walking it becomes stalkerish if you just carry on walking with them plus you tend to have like an area you're, you're operating in so that's the thing you need to do guys if you ever see those people don't slow down keep walking be polite but keep walking go, hey can I speak to you about the Red Cross he's like no thank you have a good day and just carry on walking just it's hard to be dismissed with so much politeness and, and vim. So I see this man come up to me with a leaflet. I, I profiled him. Short, black, African man was like, he's untaught to me about Jesus. And he's like, Hey, you've got a beautiful daughter. I was like, Thank you. And he goes, Oh, can I, I'd like to he goes can I speak to you about can I let you know about Jesus? And it made me laugh because can I let you know about Jesus? Because 
what I answered with was, no, I'm okay, thank you. He's like, why? Do you not want to know about Jesus? I was like, I think I know enough. Have a good day. I know all I need to know. Have a good day. And I carried on. But I wonder how he would have reacted when he said, do you want to know about Jesus? And my response was, who? Try it, people. I do it with anyone famous. Michael Jackson I've done it with. Pretty good. What's your favorite Michael Jackson song? Michael who? Michael Jackson. It's hard to keep a straight face. He's just trying to... No one's really gone on for too long. They've kind of worked out as a joke because they, they just can't believe that someone doesn't know Michael Jackson. But imagine Jesus. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? That's like, um... Yeah, what, what, what's a Jesus? <laughs> I mean, they're like, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Jesus is. And get them just to tell you, like, they want to tell you about saving your spirit and give, if you, if you believe, if you accept him as God's son, then you will have eternal, uh, eternal life, right? It's like John three sixteen. He wants to tell, they want to tell you about that level of Jesus. They're not really tell you about level of Jesus. Like, I don't know who that is. Who is he? Where is he from? What's, what's his name? Jesus. What's his What's his surname? <laughs> Just asking all these basic questions. So where is he now? Right. Mad. I wonder how long they would be able to do it. Until they was like, no, no, no. You must. You must know about. You must. But they dropped the facade. So are you, are you take the piss, mate. It'd be funny. Let's <laughs> try next time, people. Is anyone into someone famous? Madonna? Jesus? Uh, Buddha? Dalai Lama? Any super famous people? Just go, who? Yes, don't go too hard at who because they think you're taking the piss. Just but I don't know who that is. That's a calm one. Anyway, let's get on to um, Dear Deirdre because how long? The whole 30 minutes has been rabbiting on for. Not bad, not bad, not bad, considering there was no real plan to this pod. Dear, dear, dream. Oh, yeah. Oh. Listen, people, oh, go check out the pod, the new pod, Late Nights and Wet Wipes. Um, it's, it's loosely a parenting pod. <laughs> Very loosely. But go listen to it. We're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun on the pod. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying putting the clips out as well. It's fun. Right. Ooh, dear, dear, dream. My wife is amazing in bed, but only when she's had a drink. Dear, dear, dream. Sex with my wife is simply incredible. In bed, in the car, on the kitchen table. For years, I've counted myself very lucky because she's completely uninhibited. Nice. But lately, I've noticed she's only interested in making love when she has had a few to drink. And now I've found out the dark and disturbing reason why. Oh God. I was ready to have fun. This man said, found out the dark and disturbing reason why something happened. Ah, oh, fuck's sake. Let's read it. Anyway, we have been married for eight years. I'm 40. My wife is 38. I still enjoy sex when she is up for it, but it has started to trouble me that she isn't interested unless under the influence. I don't want our sex to become alcohol dependent. I've asked if she finds me unattractive or if there is a problem I'm not aware of, but she insists she still thinks I'm gorgeous. When tipsy, she seems totally comfortable with herself, physically and confident with her body, which is an incredible turn on. 
we're adventurous and have tried out sex toys, indulged in mild BDSM, and she loves blindfolding me, but only when drunk. Sober, forget. It's funny, whenever a guy talks about sex toys, I always think it's in his bum. Crazy, right? Even though I've been with ladies and used sex toys and nothing's ever entered my bum, I just always think when the man says, yeah, sex toys, like, it's in your bum. <laughs> Silly, right? If I buy a lingerie, cook her nice meals or run her a bath, the excuses begin if she hasn't had a drink. She's too tired, too stressed, has a headache. But I know, I knew there was more to it. She has finally confessed that she thinks she was abused by her uncle between the ages of 6 and 11. Wait. Okay, so why has this only come up lately as an issue? I was horrified and she had never told anyone about this. I love her and know, I don't know how to help her. I'm running out of ideas. What should I do? I understand that married couple sex life slowed down, but this is more than that. Of course it is. Um, but what you need to do is completely separate those two issues. You need to separate those two issues, the, the abuse and, well, not issues, just those two ideas, the abuse and the sex. You don't want her to then think, I'm so sexually uninhibited because I was abused. You don't, you don't want that because then, you know, she's going to then feel guilty and weird each time she's sexually liberated. I've been there. I'm, I'm not going to give any kind of hint to who or when um, to, you know, to protect their privacy. But yeah, I've been there. I've been there. It, it messes a lady up if they've been through anything like that. And you, you need professional help. You need professional help. There's no amount of support that you can give as the husband uh that's gonna help her get through that so she's gonna need support man she's gonna need support um yeah that's what you can do it's no real funny end to that i was gonna make a joke about punching the uncle next time you're you know grandparents at christmas but no don't do that you know what i mean no anyway let's get the next one uh oh Fat shaming. My mum insults me in front of my son, so I doubt she can be a good grandma. No, you might just be just like fat. <laughs> I went round my mum's house for a meal. She said, you don't eat much for a big girl. I wonder why you're so big then. Jesus. I need to say big twice. I'm 33. She's 53. We haven't always seen eye to eye. My parents were abusive and controlling, so I left home at 17. We made it up lately, but she calls me chunky and pats my tummy or grabs my tummy fat when I hug her. Golly, I can't take it anymore. I've told her the reason I don't see her anymore is because she insults me. She laughed on my comments. <laughs> your mum don't care. Uh, your mum's your like, I don't negotiate with terrorists. So, listen, be quiet. And she laughed at my comments. She's slim, just like her parents were. My dad was a big man, and so are his parents. Oh, so you say you got the fat gene. I'm a single mum and have limited her time with my child, so I didn't want him growing up thinking the way my grandma treats mummy. The way grandma treats mummy is okay. She now blames me for not having a bond with him. Um, yeah, listen, why don't you let your grandma, I mean your mum, look after her grandson, and then you just, no, you know where I'm going with this, boys. Pop to the gym. So at the end of the day, fat isn't simply a vanity thing. 
is a health food. All right. I know there's healthy fat people, but there's guess what? There's no healthy fat person that would be worse off if they lost some weight. That's all I'm saying. So do that. Come back sexier. And then if you can't do that, then just find a physical insecurity of your mum's and just bring that up all the time. Really make it toxic, you know? As she touches your tummy fat, be like, okay, cool, but where's your man? I mean, it's hard for you to say that you're your single mum. Anyway, next... <laughs> Next one. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, ooh. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. One more, one more, one more. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Ex-stress. My marriage is on the rocks after my husband secretly met his ex for drinks. Did he smash, though? Because one of those ones. Was it hung for a sheep rather than a lamb? Let's see. Dear Deirdre, I'm feeling distraught after my husband admitted me an old flame, but says he wants to stay with me. We are both 48 and been together for 25 years. Recently, he seemed to be behaving differently towards me, secretive with his phone and more distant. When I asked him if everything was okay, he admitted that his ex, who he went out with at 20, how old are you guys? 25, 43, so three years before you guys, um, came into his newsagent shop. Fair enough. They got chatting and arranged a catch-up in a cafe. Yeah, see, that's where you went crazy. Because if it was nothing, you would tell your wife that you're going. And because it's you didn't tell her, it means it's something, that means you shouldn't go. That simple. Uh, they've been out for drinks three times since. Jesus, they're just drinking their way into Felicio and Camelingus. They've got cash up and range for a cash from cafe yet. Uh, they've been out for three drinks since. He said he didn't touch her and decided he wanted to stay with me. He stopped seeing her. See, uh, I'm not sleeping or eating properly because of this. I feel so betrayed. Now, this is mad. He said he didn't touch her and decided he wanted to stay with me. I didn't know you were leaving, big man. I thought it was just meeting your ex for a drink. That was the first offence. Now you come in with the, hey, I'm sorry, but listen, I want to be with you. He's like, hold on, I didn't think you were leaving me. I didn't think that you was, you was comparing the two of us. That's what it must have been like for your wife. Oh, man. Nah, you got, you got, nah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't want you to do, though. Um, nah, I've got no advice to this. <laughs> None. Anyway, people, okay, I think that's the end of the pod. Uh, I've given you an ample amount of time there. Um, now it's time for me to watch the highlights of Real Madrid and Liverpool. Hilarious. <laughs> I'll catch you a lot next week. All right. Stay safe, people. Stay safe.